podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Monday the day after Newcastle United won, Liverpool 2 in the Premier League in one of the stranger games of football you will ever witness. Newcastle went one up through Anthony Gordon, who just continues to be a dreadful human being and looks like Claire Balding. And then three minutes later, Virgil van Dijk got sent off. And 28 minutes into the game, we were down to 10 men. We were getting completely outplayed and the tune were one up. And the tune continued to outplay us for the next 50 odd minutes. And it looked like we were going to lose. But then... We reached the the chaos version of events, and on came Darwin, and we moved to a formation that was basically a back four of Andy Robertson on the left, Joe Gomez at left centre back, Gerald Kwanza making his debut, having been brought on for Joel Matip when Darwin was coming on, Gerald came on as well and Trent at right back. So Joe Gomez didn't start the game and has obviously been quite poor for the better part of a year. Gerald Kwanza had never played for the first team before and both fullbacks were having fairly shit games. But behind them was Allison, who was in inspired form. Absolutely inspired form. What a ridiculous goalkeeper this fella is. And we've had him now since 2018. And yet, he just continues to get better. And he continues to surprise you with how good he is in all aspects. We had a midfield two, a double pivot of Harvey Elliott, who isn't really a midfielder, and Dominic Zaboslai, um, who's an attacking midfielder who's played more on the wing than he has in central midfield in his career. And that was what we had in midfield. Then we had Salah, Darwin, and Jota up front. It it shouldn't have worked. There's no logical reason for it to work. But Darwin Nunes made it work. And he capitalised on an error by Sven Botman. The first foot Botman had put wrong. Uh, Diogo Jota sort of underhit a, a through ball. Botman got himself in a bit of a mess with it. The ball squirmed through to Darwin. And this is as good a finish as you're going to see anywhere. 
bar one from a tight angle. He absolutely leathers it into the bottom corner in off the foot of the post. It is an outrageous finish. It genuinely, genuinely is an outrageous finish. So we're back in it. Let's hold on now. Let's get out of here with a point. Except Darwin had different ideas. And on 93 minutes, Mo slips a ball into the channel. It's got perfect weight on it. Darwin moves on to it. Dan Byrne plays him on side. Dan Byrne had had to move into centre-back because Botman had gotten injured. And Darwin, with the confidence of the first goal, produces the only finish you're going to see better than that first goal this weekend. The first one was outrageous. This is absolute world-class because Nick Pope comes out and narrows the angle and makes it more difficult for him. And Darwin just strikes it perfectly. And while he kept the first one low, this one is about shoulder height. As Pope gets into his into his stance, he's got his hands low and Darwin goes shoulder height. And Pope can't get his arm up in time and it arrows into the net. It's a sensational goal. There are two sensational goal, uh, goals. Harvey does really well to get the ball to Mo for the second one. But the weight of pass from Mo is just disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. And the finish is ridiculous. And somehow we win the game. Now, as is always the case, the scoreline will massively dictate what people believe they saw. And I'm in a good mood, so I'm not actually going to criticise or or correct um, any of the takes that I've seen today. Um, if people want to believe it was a masterclass, uh, away with you. Away with you today. Today only. For today only, you can believe that that was a tactical masterclass. Um, but Darwin, we have a real star on our hands here. He needs to be playing week in, week out. He should have been on earlier. He should have started the game. He should have started the game. The problem is, had he started, I bet he was the one that would have been taken off when when Virgil was sent off and Gomez had to come on. A word on Joe Gomez. He's had a very rough few years. Everybody remembers how great he was in the title-winning season. Then he has the horrendous knee injury, torn patella tendon. It's probably the worst injury you can get. And he's never been the same. He's had a couple of great games. Like last year at home to City, he was absolutely phenomenal. Then the following week, he was absolutely awful. And the problem with Joe over the last while has been that with Joe, you either get an 8 out of 10 or you get a 3 out of 10. And there's no real in-between with him. He's either really, really good or he's absolutely shocking. And that's just a matter of consistency and confidence. There's no one that can doubt his talent. There was a moment in the game yesterday where Sandro Tonali ran away from him 
And Sandro Tonali is not quick. But he ran away from Joe and it was really, really hard to watch. But I watched the game back this morning. And when you look at... Joe came on and immediately took control of the defensive line. He slotted into the Virgil role. He was talking Matted through things, talking Robbo through things. He was dominant in the air. He was dominant in the tackle. But the standout moment without question is Kwanzaa steps out, Harvey gives the ball away and they break in behind and it's Harvey Barnes who is rapid. And Gomez closes across and he doesn't overcommit himself. He doesn't overcommit. He offers Barnes his left foot. If you want to go on the left, take it on your left foot away with you. Try and cut in field though and you're not getting anywhere. And he eventually makes a block on the shot. And that that moment saved the game for us. Because if, if Barnes scores there, it's game over. Really, really top drawer defending from Joe Gomez. Watching the game back this morning, a couple of players that I thought were poor were actually a bit worse than poor. But I'm even more impressed on the on the rewatch by what I saw from Alexis and Dominic and how much work they got through because that's a very difficult circumstance for them to play in. And we bought these two to be creative, attack-minded midfielders. And they've had to perform as defensive midfielders. It, obviously, Alexis has played as a defensive midfielder in the first two games. But Dominic has had to play as a defensive midfielder or centre midfielder in the last two games when Alexis got sent off. And then uh, yesterday. And... The work he's getting through is absolutely incredible. Like This is a very, very special player that we have here. And I think we're going to be looking at the 60 million fee and thinking that is absolutely laughable. Like, he's worth double that. Do you know? Um, who else did I want to mention? Oh, the referee. I said it on Raw. I watched the game again. And I'm saying it again, that referee, there is absolutely no argument to be made that he wasn't working against us. That was like a revenge mission for the PGMOL because we embarrassed them with the Alexis red card appeal. Every small decision in that game, he gave to Newcastle. It started with the Trent yellow card. I mean, this is one of the worst yellow cards you're ever going to see. So first of all, Trent gets fouled. Not the other way around. Trent gets fouled. And then he books Trent for throwing the ball away. Now, bear in mind, when Trent gets fouled, he gets bundled off the pitch and the ball goes with him. And he actually throws the ball back onto the field of play. So in truth, what Trent actually did was speed up the process of getting the ball back in play. A Newcastle player could have picked that up, taken a throw, and just gotten on with the game. And the referee booked him because there is a rule that says if you throw or kick the ball away, you will be booked. 
but he didn't throw the ball away. He threw it back onto the pitch. He was also off the pitch when he did it. The referee has used that rule incorrectly. Then there's the Anthony Gordon dive, where Trent puts an arm on his shoulder. Gordon flings himself on the floor. It's a dive. It's not a foul. It's a dive. And Eddie Howe can cry about it all he wants. But Eddie Howe and his staff should have been booked because they all came out demanding yellow cards. A couple of them waving their arms around, gesturing for cards. That's an automatic yellow card. They should have been given those. With regards to the trend throwing the ball away, Newcastle players did that on four different occasions where they very subtly knocked the ball away so they could rebuild their shape before we got to take a set piece. Not one of them was booked for that. Not one of them was even talked to about it. Darwin was booked later in the game for kicking the ball away as the whistle blew. Very, very strange. Newcastle players were allowed to foul repeatedly with no punishment coming their way. Newcastle players committed 16 fouls in that game and got one yellow card. One. Kieran Trippier was booked. And the thing about the Trippier thing is if you watch that back, after Trippier arrives late into that tackle, the ball goes to Mo. And as Mo is about to control it, Sven Botman hurls himself in in quite a reckless manner. And it appeared to me to be a two-footed challenge. And it was a more serious infringement for me than what we saw from Trippier. But he went back and booked Trippier so as not to have to deal with the Botman thing. Joe Linton was allowed foul with impunity. Never pulled up on it, never talked to. After the fourth one, the referee had a quick word, gestured, that's enough. And then 20 seconds later, he fouls again. I really don't understand how this referee came up with the logic that he did in that game yesterday. We committed 10 fouls. We had a man sent off and we had two lads booked. They committed 16. And remember, neither of ours were booked for fouls. Trent was booked for throwing the ball away and Darren was booked for kicking the ball away. None of our lads were booked for fouls. Virgil was sent off for a foul. They committed 16 fouls and had one lad sent off. It's absolutely ridiculous. There's a moment in the game, and I highlighted this on Raw yesterday. We have a corner on the right side. Mo is beyond the back post. Corner comes across, and Mo gets his shirt pulled and immediately puts his arms up in the air. Dominic picks the ball up, gets hold to the ground, keeps control of the ball, gets back up while still being fouled, gets the ball to Alexis, He gets fouled. His shirt gets pulled. Still no free kick. Newcastle get the ball back. That's three fouls that the two have committed in about seven seconds. The ball gets worked to Tonali. Gomez moves in to make a challenge. Tonali knocks a pass and flings himself on the floor. 
free kick to Newcastle. Like, it couldn't have been more blatant if this fella tried. The red card, I don't know. I still don't know. I don't I don't know that he makes contact with the man before he makes contact with the ball. I think he plays the ball and the man at the same time. Isak is looking for something there. And the way he goes down is complete theatrics. The idea of it's a goal scoring opportunity, I, I just I don't know. Isak wasn't in control of the ball because he hadn't touched the ball. And we don't know where his first touch takes him. Does it take him perfectly into stride to shoot? Maybe. Does it bounce off him and go out towards the right back area? Maybe. Does he stop it and come back? Potentially. But the thing is, Unless his first touch is absolutely perfect, like inch perfect, he's going to have to get past Virgil to score. And he's going to have to beat the best goalkeeper in the world. Now, that can't be factored in, but it is part of it. But he's, if unless his touch is going to be absolutely spot on, and we, and we don't know whether it is or not because he hadn't touched the ball, He's going to have to beat Virgil 1v1, which doesn't happen very often. I don't think it's a red card. I can see why it was given, but I don't think it's a red card. It will be a one-game ban because it's a denial of a goal-scoring opportunity. It's not violent conduct, so it'll be a one-game ban for Virgil, which means he'll miss Villa, which is a shame because Villa are very, very good and we really could have used him. And with Joel Matip going off yesterday, that potentially could be an injury. And then Jürgen dropped the news that Ibu is probably not back till after the international break, which really isn't good news. So as things stand, our two centre-backs for Villa are Joe Gomez and Gerald Kwanzaa. Um, second game in a row where we've looked so much better not doing that inverted full-back box midfield thing. Um, just stick to playing a back four, Jürgen. Stick to what you know. Stick to what you're good at and bin off the Linder's nonsense of three box three. Um, You don't have the players to do it. What we showed yesterday is that we're a couple of players shy of having a team that could make real noise this season. Because in Darwin, we have a guy that can score us 35 goals across all competitions. We know Mo is also capable of doing that. Diaz looks more and more lively. Dominic and Alexis look unbelievable. Virgil and Ibu, we know, is the best centre-back pairing in the world. And Trent, if he gets his head out of his arse, uh, is the best right-back in the world. Yesterday, he had a, he had a shocker. Um, I, think the, I think the yellow card just, I think it got to him. Because I think he just got really fucked off because he'd been completely screwed over. Like, he should have had a free kick. He got booked for having been fouled, which is ridiculous. And we've got the best goalkeeper in the world. If we could upgrade on Robertson and get a real high quality defensive midfielder in, we would be we would be pretty special. We really would. And I would rather a left back, an actual left back, 
than a left-sided centre-back because I, I just want the experiment of the back three thing to end. It doesn't suit anybody other than Trent and maybe Cody. That's it. A back four suits Ibu better, suits Virgil better, suits Robertson better because Klopp isn't going to replace him. It suits Dominic better, it suits Alexis better, it suits Salah better, and it suits Diaz better. And it would suit Darwin better as well to play either a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-4-3-3. Now, the 4-2-3-1 doesn't get the very best out of Mo because you're still keeping him in those wide area, wider areas rather than, you know, where he's done his best damage in the channel for us. But the the back three, it doesn't suit anybody other than Trent and maybe Cody. And if Trent is adamant he wants to play in midfield, then you're going to have to buy a right back. So you're going to have to change the shape again. You're going to have to go to something like a 4-4-2 or a diamond or a box midfield where you've got a defensive midfielder and Trent in central areas and Dominic and Alexis in more advanced areas, dropping wide or doing whatever, depending on whether it's a diamond or a box. Um, And you're going to need two fullbacks with that defensive midfielder. And you're dropping a forward. So you're going Mo and Darwin up front. That's probably the best pairing. But that's that's what you need to do. If he wants to play in midfield, that's what you need to do. And we don't have time. And we've missed out on the guy who would have been a really good fit at right back. He went to Newcastle in Tino Livermento. We also missed out on a guy who would have been the perfect left back in Lewis Hall, but he also went to Newcastle. Um, but however, um, there's, there's plenty to go around on the main Liverpool sites. But on AnfieldIndex.com, we have... A few bits and bobs. There is a piece about Darwin. Uh, there's a piece about Fabrizio Romano pretending he has some insight. Uh, there's a piece from Ornstein or about what Ornstein said, I should say. There is a piece about Douglas Louise, but the source of it is Ben Jacobs, so it's probably bullshit. Uh, Douglas Louise is a good player. He's not the player we need. He's not a number six. He just isn't. He's a number eight. And it's noticeable how much better he is when he plays with Bubakar Kamara. Podcast-wise, there is Raw from yesterday. Myself, Carl, and Trev reunited for the first time this season. And Downey kept himself busy in the week. There is a transfer show out with himself and Dave Davis. So check that out as well. And that's it. Take care of yourselves. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.